Off tomorrow, we'll start back Tuesday with our pregame starting at 6 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy postgame coming up next here on 610 Sports Radio. Have a good night. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Moose. Twin Peaks is your ultimate sports lodge with a menu to match. Pair any of their made-from-scratch menu items with a frosty 29-degree draft beer served up by a beautiful Twin Peaks girl, and you are in for a legendary sports-watching experience. Get to Twin Peaks for the first Sunday full of NFL games. They've got every game on from every angle, so you're sure to not miss a play. And enhance your game with some of their new shareables, like the spicy pork rinds or the savory spinach dip. The first round of games kicks off at 2 p.m. Get to Twin Peaks. Reviews. Down the sideline, touchdown, and he looks the other way, and it's intercepted. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Inside the five, Watkins to the end zone. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino and GEHA Insurance. And it's Williams with another touchdown. Here are your hosts, Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post-game show after a week one Chiefs victory. The Chiefs going down to Jacksonville uh, and winning the game 40-26. to The Arrowhead Pride post-game show is presented by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. My name is Pete Sweeney. Uh, sitting across from Jay Binkley. Uh, Bink, big win for the Chiefs. It's, it's a tough defense down there. They're able to score 40 points and, and lock it up. It was a good win against a good defense. And again, Jacksonville, you know, it looks like the Chiefs broke them last year. They weren't winning games, but the defense is still legit. And going into this game, it was a situation where Patrick Mahomes did not have a touchdown pass last year. The only game he didn't, he rectified that today with the second-highest passing total ever that he's ever had um, in a season. Not only that, um, the highest passer rating, um, the second-highest passer rating, second-most yards in this game, where he was hobbled up. Where he's hobbled up because of the uh, sprained ankle that uh, I'm sure we'll hear from Andy Reid later on. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes with a really good line, especially given that he was injured for most of the game, hobbling around on what was a sprained ankle. That's what Andy Reid said. 25-33 for 378 yards and three touchdowns. A lot of those yards came from Sammy Watkins, who had the best game of his life. Nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns for Sammy J. Sammy was incredible today. And the one thing about Sammy Watkins is, He's going to be relied upon, and who knows how much he's going to be relied upon now with the Tyreek Hill deal. But the one thing about it was he was drawing single coverage. And with Bouye on him, then Jalen Ramsey beat Jalen Ramsey several times in this game, which is a big deal for Sammy Watkins. But the Chiefs will be as good as Sammy Watkins can be. And I know we've been waiting for this production. There was a reason why Sammy Watkins got this money. It's for times like this. It's for times like the AFC title game last year. If Belichick's going to take out Hill and he's going to take out Kelsey, Sammy Watkins had over 100 yards last year in the title game. And again, he's going to draw that single coverage. They're so worried about Hill and Kelsey. I was impressed that once Phil goes out, Sammy Watkins continued to produce, even though he's drawing the Jalen Ramsey coverage that Tyreek Hill was getting. Right, and I don't, I don't think anyone's ever doubted, hey, can Sammy Watkins play? It's can he stay healthy? If he have a healthy Watkins, I mean, that's another player who can be just as good as Hill out there today, he looked like one of the best receivers in the NFL, and I think if he stays healthy, that's possible for him. He said he did a lot this summer with trainers to make sure that he was ready for this year and gave himself the best uh, chance possible to be on the football field. I actually talked to him on Friday in the locker room, and I said, you know, what kind of production is reasonable for you this year? You never know. I can't really put a number on it. I feel like we have, once again, so many special talents. Um, you got so many guys that's paid also, so... 
it's, I feel like it's hard for the coaches to kind of game plan for us, and we let those guys handle that. And you know, how many of the balls I get or yards, I really can't control that. But you know, we win the Super Bowl, I'm gonna be just as happy. So he didn't know on Friday, but the answer was nine receptions for 198 yards and three touchdowns. There's another situation, though, and it's a big story of this game. Uh, besides the Mahomes injury, an injury to Tyree Kill, which seems a lot more serious. It was in the early early part of the game. The Chiefs first say that he's questionable, then they rule him out. It's being reported uh, that is some type of uh, shoulder, collarbone uh, injury. So, I mean, that's a key player for the Chiefs. He's not only that, but uh, Nick Foles, you know, his shoulder too, the clavicle, he's going to have surgery tomorrow. So, yeah, that is something concerning to watch. But, again, it's Patrick Mahomes lifting everybody up. And right. my, my concern, though, is with Pat. I mean, I know the Hill was in, Hill injury, but, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to be something to watch, too, this week because he could not put a lot of pressure down on his foot. And the one thing about it is this. I, it was ruled a sprained ankle, by it was, the way. It was, yeah. yeah, ruled a sprained ankle by Andy Reid after the game. But the one thing is they, they started to protect Pat Moore, little short passes, a lot of screens, especially that Anthony Sherman's screen when he kept getting hit. But he wasn't sacked in this game. But he was taking hits. Four quarterback hits, but he looks like he got hit more than he did. But the O-line hits he didn't was look taking, great. They didn't. They got through, and people were hitting Pat Mahomes, and they can't allow that. But not only that, I feel they should be in pass pro more. There were situations where it's empty backfield, and with Pat Mahomes continuing to get hit, it was nice to see the backs in there. I know LaShawn McCoy came in at some point, had a deep cleaning block, which was good to see. He was in max protect uh, for Patrick Mahomes. McCoy, a decleating block on Jacksonville. That was good to see, but... They've got to do that. They've got to work in backs. You might even see Sherman coming in at different times. They've got to find a way with Wiley when he's missing people. Um, I thought the offensive line as a whole, I think Ryder missed a few plays early on in that game that got ended up getting Patrick Mahomes hit. But you've got to find a way to max protect because this season's only going where Pat Mahomes takes you. The Chiefs win the football game 42-26. If you want to get involved in the Arrowhead Pride postgame show, there are two ways. 913-576-7610. You could call us up and chat with us, or you could use the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line, 69306. We're talking about this Hill collarbone injury, and the Chiefs head trainer, Rick Burkholder, spoke to the media. Here's what he had to say about the Hill injury. All right, thanks, Ted. Um, on Tyreek Hill, he had, a, uh, he had an injury in the game where he landed on his shoulder. He had a uh, sternoclavicular joint injury, which is where your collarbone comes into your sternum. Those can be injured either coming out the front, up top, or in the back. If if it goes posteriorly or back, it becomes a, a medical issue for us um, so that we worry that there's more problems. He's uh, His came back posteriorly, and um, he didn't have any medical issues, but we still transported him to um, Baptist Medical Center, um, and we turned his care over to Brett uh, Freikberg, who's an ortho trauma physician. Um, Scott Mullen, one of our physicians, is with him. Uh, he's from the Kansas University Health System, and uh, he's being treated there to reduce the, the dislocation or the injury. Uh, we don't have an, any more update on that. Um, it, this is a good time to to realize that the National Football League under Jeff Miller and Alan Sills go to great lengths to put in emergency medical or emergency action plans for stadiums like this. And because the Jaguars had a plan and we followed their plan, he was able to get care without any complication, uh, got transported and is under the care of a ortho trauma physician now. So we'll give you an update in the next day or two. Thank you. 
From Chiefs head trainer Rick Burkholder's VP there at the Chiefs, we go out to the Arrowhead Pride injury expert Aaron Borgman. Aaron, when you hear Rick's words and you see the Tyree Kill injury, how do you break it all down? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, originally, when you see the injury, you think it's a collarbone or an AC. Uh, you find out it's a collarbone, and then you worry about fracture. You worry about splintering. You worry about neural, neurovascular involvement. With this information, it actually becomes a serious medical issue because what we're talking about here is we're talking about where your breastbone or your sternum meets your clavicle. There's a little knob right there. That's a joint. They call it the SC joint. When it goes back posteriorly or toward your windpipe, there's a lot of really, really important stuff back there that you worry about the damage. You know, you're talking about breathing. You're talking about blood supply. You know, so it's really important and it's awesome that they got this taken care of and diagnosed and addressed very quickly because um, this can be really, really serious. I think I only remember one incident of it happening in a football player maybe 10 years ago, give or take, and uh, serious stuff. Yeah, it was an interesting play because you see him kind of come up and you could tell he was in a great deal of discomfort. When you hear that he needed to go to the trauma department, what what does that tell you about the injury? So what happens is if you, if you look at the play, the force that he falls on his shoulder um, kind of comes from a lateral and posterior direction. So that transfers up the collarbone through the uh, SC joint. And because of the nature and the location of the injury, you worry about all those neurovascular structures behind it. Right. Again, the windpipe, the blood flow. Um, that's when you know, like, hey, look, this is not something we can tolerate or handle in the training room. We need to get expert eyes on this. We need to get imaging. We need to get uh, more advanced medical treatment. And they did that, and kudos to them. Now, based upon everything you, you see in it, what's your idea or what's your thought on a possible timetable or do you need to hear the results of these more tests that are going to be happening? Yeah, man, that's uh, that's a tough one. It's yeah. everything is dependent upon if they can get it reduced or relocated. Um, if it happened on its own, if they had to do it with sedation, if they have to uh, perform a procedure, um, and then the associated structures uh, around it, what kind of damage is right. there, and furthermore, if if you know it needs to be some sort of stabilization involved. Yeah, so it just remains to be seen based upon more tests. So I guess we'll find that out uh, as we go along yeah. this week. You might not find out until Wednesday. Some, typically, Andy Reid doesn't always have injury updates. Uh, also, too, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, a sprained ankle. Uh, what did you see on that play? Yeah, so it looks like uh, this is the easy one of the two, obviously. <laughs> it looks like he avoided the serious injury in that kind of dreaded high ankle sprain where you get pinned in an externally rotated position. This looks to be more like your uh, kind of classic uh, basketball ankle sprain where he kind of rolls it outward and he just barely got it clipped from what I saw in the video clip. Uh, looked like he avoided serious injury. Obviously, everybody saw him getting taped. Didn't miss a play. Um, as I mentioned on Twitter this afternoon, uh, you know, with a quarterback, a right-handed throwing quarterback, and it's your left ankle, you worry about the guy coming over top and getting some drive through that left side. They're going to work hard this week on swelling control and early motion and making sure that, uh, you know, he can obviously do what he wants to do uh, fully on that ankle throughout the course of the week. Yeah, and it doesn't seem, and again, I'm no medical expert, but it doesn't seem like the Chiefs fans should have much worry about him playing next week. No, I think you saw the result of uh, not only his toughness, but uh, also the severity of the injury after he, he didn't miss the play. He went back in, and clearly he did great things yep. 
after the fact. So kudos to him and the medical staff for getting them back out there in a timely fashion. Those are the words of our injury expert at ArrowheadPride.com, Aaron Borgman. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Aaron is the um, owner of Borgman Rehab Solutions, does a lot of good work with people in Kansas City. If, if you have something happens to you, similar to Tyree Kill, you're an athlete in the area, hit him up, find him on Twitter. Uh, he can help you out in that regard. But some, some good news on Patrick Mahomes and some real questionable news, I think, on Tyree Kill. Well, it's two of your most explosive players that you have on offense. And one thing about uh, Patrick Mahomes is I'll credit Andy Reid and the play calling as well. The plays that were called where he had success on we're, we're, we're going to be where his ankle was, was going to be tested as much. It was a lot of screens, short passes out of the backfield. It was more of a protection for Patrick Mahomes with the plays that they were calling instead of putting him back there, you know, in five-step drops where you're sitting back there forever right. when you deliver the deep ball. We didn't see that. We saw more of a controlled offense once Patrick Mahomes wasn't able to play it. To me, it is a concern throughout the week because this is something to watch and it's something to pay attention to. How much pressure... Can he put down? Will he try to overcompensate it with on it with the right side? Because we saw several times today where instead of planting on the left, he planted on his right where he normally would plant on his left foot. And we saw him make that adjustment subconsciously or consciously to do it, to throw it. Coming up soon, we'll get to hear Andy Reid's thoughts on the 40-26 to 26 win. But we'll start out with the phone line for the first time all year, Reggie from Anaheim. What's up, Reggie? Yes, sir. How y'all fellas doing? We're doing up, good. Reggie? Cool, man. Um, yeah, so I won't be long. Um, it was a nice, nice appetizer win for the for the Chiefs. Um, obviously, I'm very concerned about Tyreek. Yeah. Um, maybe he misses the Raider game. I don't think we would need him for that game, but it would sure be nice to beat the Raiders seventy to ten with Tyreek uh, in the lineup. Keep in mind, though, they scored forty Reg against the very good Jacksonville defense, was fourth in the NFL in points allowed last year on the road in a hundred degrees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trust me. I'm 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 encouraged and, and hopeful. I just you just hate to see that happen to uh, uh, to Tyree so early in the season, right? Um, first game of the season. So and then his actual health, windpipes and lungs and all that kind of crazy stuff. Uh, my 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 immediate concern. Well, for one, uh, Lashawn McCoy is definitely going to be a, a great asset. I would say, man. He, I mean, I would put him in as a starter, but that's just me. Uh, he still has the burst. He still has the wiggle. He still can run in between the tackles. Um, so that was a great pickup. But uh, are we, we need a trade for a starting cornerback. We need an extra, we're going to need an extra cornerback because at this point, the regular season is about getting the 14 wins so that you don't have to go to Foxborough where the phones don't work and uh, where the cheating ensues uh, in December. We have to get another starting cornerback to shore up that's defensive secondary because that is my, my major concern. So, all right, I'll take my thoughts off here. Thanks, Thanks Reg. A lot of good points from from Reggie and Anaheim. I, I think what stands out to to me is uh, Tyree Kill. Obviously, a concern for all of us. Lashawn McCoy makes a great point. I mean, this is a guy who came here last week. It's a tough offense to learn. Ten carries for eighty one yards. That's without him really knowing the playbook. So imagine when he can finally well, get Damian Williams got two yards of carry. Yeah, two yards of carry. Lashawn McCoy eight yards of carry. It was a big difference in running the ball. LaShawn's also been a very good receiver out of the backfield, and maybe that's more of Damian's role, the re- receptions out of the backfield. He's very good, especially that wheel route that he had in the preseason that everybody was talking about. Damian Williams shows flashes and shows some elusiveness, but McCoy was the better runner today. And so I like seeing that. Here's the thing about Tyreek, though, too, Pete. It's what he does as far as causing distractions with the defense. 
Yeah. Defenses play the Chiefs differently when Tyreek Hill is out there. And they can concentrate more because now Sammy Watkins, if no Tyreek Hill is there, Sammy Watkins now becomes that Mark Man. He starts getting the Tyreek sure Hill's yes. attention without but Sammy Watkins. But when Tyreek Hill's out there, he draws the extra coverage. And the reason why Sammy Watkins had such a big game in the AFC title game is Kelsey and Tyree Kill were brought out of the game. But Tyree Kill is such a distraction. When you listen to these defensive coordinators, when they talk about the Chiefs throughout the week, like Todd Wash last year, Wink Martindale, the Ravens, when they talk about the Chiefs, they talk about Tyree Kill and what he does to the teams defensively. He, Whenever he thrives, everybody else kind of thrives besides Tyree Kill. He's also the world's best decoy as all as, as well as being the most explosive player in the league, in my opinion. Right. And, and you know what? There was all that uncertainty in the offseason, and the Chiefs go out, and they take a wide receiver with their top pick in the NFL draft. Remember, they didn't have a first-rounder because of the Frank Clark trade, so they go and get McCole Hardman. Sometimes in the NFL, how soon you're needed speeds up. I think the Chiefs are really going to maybe have to think about how they use McCole Hardman next week if Tyreek Hill uh, can't go. We're going to get back out to the phone lines. Dan, Steven, Butch, Fred, that'll come up. We'll be right back. This is the Arrowhead Pride Postgame Show. The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Chiefs win 40-26 to down in Jacksonville. Start the season 1-0, drop 40 on that Jacksonville defense. Uh, maybe a sign of some good things to come. We'll go back out. Where to was the-, the pass rush, though, Pete? We'll get to this later. <laughs> Where was it? I'm still looking for it. You're right. Ogba uh, looked all right. He got a sack. We'll go out, uh, back out to the phone lines. If you want to get involved, 913-576-7610. Dan and KCK. Hey, Pete. Hi, Bink. Yeah, it was a good game by Mahomes with 378 yards. And uh, I think Andy did a good job, you know, after the after he got the ankle injury to make the short passes and everything. And I, I'm pretty impressed with the defense in the second half. I know the first half when Foles went out, Minshaw really, I mean, was at 12 for 12. And I think they mixed it up, uh, Spags mixed it up in the second half with the defense. So let's take care of the Raiders. I think they're going to put 30 points on the Raiders, even without Tyreek Hill next week. Take care, Pete. Take care, Bink. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Um, the defense, here's the deal with the defense. Say what you want about it, but they did let Gardner Minshew come in, a six-round pick, which, by the way, was the nation's best passer last year in college, but a six-round pick. And they let him come in and pick apart. This, I think he went he 10 was, for 10 or 11 for 11 to start. He started off 9 for 9. Yeah, yeah. he goes 22 of 25, 275, and two touchdowns. you got to get after guys like that. When you have a guy making his first NFL start when it's over 100 degrees and he's thrown in there, even though he did get most of the preseason snaps because they didn't use Nick Foles much, but you got to make him pay. You've got a you got a rookie quarterback playing yeah. in his first NFL game. He didn't seem rattled at all. Contender. He didn't seem rattled at all. The Chiefs. And this is what scares me because Tom Brady never got touched by the Chiefs, and really he hasn't been touched in the last two playoff games against them. The Chiefs have got to make you pay. They got to make you think. And Jacksonville, albeit was dirty, Miles Jack and all this, but they have some dogs. They do, and they they will hit you, and they will hit you as long as you keep it legal. Do it. But my concern is. Here's Gardner Minshew. We're talking about Gardner Minshew here. We're talking about, we're not talking about Tom Brady. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about Gardner Minshew going 22 of 25 against you. That's a concerning to me because you've got to develop a pass rush. You're able to get right. by Jacksonville today. But again, you're going to be a Super Bowl caliber team. You've got to find a way to get to the quarterback. Listen, they had a guard starting at tackle, at left tackle. They're starting to, or their first and second string tackles did not play today. And you had a guard making his first 
Frank Clark even said it on Twitter. He's got to play better. He yeah. did get the pick. That's well, fine. You get, but you got to have a pass rush, man. You got to get. He had the interception, but you're absolutely right. It never felt like the rookie was uncomfortable at all. Never felt uncomfortable. Um, and from both sides. And we we anticipated. We said it on the Arrowhead Pride tailgate this morning. We anticipated Frank Clark to have a big game when it came to rushing the passer. I went as far as to say, I'm willing to admit this. I went as far as to say maybe he'll get four sacks. He didn't really hear his name called much in this game, and that was surprising to me. No, here's the deal, Pete. And one thing about this post game this year, and yeah, the Chiefs got a road win, forty to twenty six. But we look at the Chiefs differently now. You do. This is this is a we're looking at this as a Super Bowl or bust team. Super Bowl or, or failure. It's okay to be critical upon the play. I remember the two thousand three Chiefs rolling everybody offensively, so good. But they couldn't stop anybody on defense. It's like the career, career day defense against them. But you know what? That was a fair criticism to criticize the defense, but people did not want to hear it. I do believe in this defense. I'm happy what they did against the run today. But Gardner Minshew, there's no excuse for him coming in and having the game he did. Back out to the phone lines. Butch in Seattle. What's up, Butch? Gentlemen, how about those Chiefs? <laughs> Big game. Big game. What'd you what'd you what'd you make of the nice road uh, win? What'd you make of the forty twenty six victory? I'll, I'll give a couple of quick notes and, and then I'll get out of here. A couple of the positives that I that I saw. Uh, one, one of the things that I mentioned when I'm here in Seattle, and I watch you know, I watch Chiefs games. I tell people it's more of a it's not just fun to watch this offense; it's more of a privilege to watch it. I, I think what we're seeing is is truly historical, and it's going to rewrite a lot of the the, the record books here in the NFL for a long time. Um, the second positive that I got, well, I'll, I'll give one to the defense. I did feel like they understood their personnel a little better than than last year. I felt like there was a little more speed and there's a little more attitude. There's 11 guys running to the football opposed to last year, so I, I can be okay with that. Yeah. Um, but and, and just a, a couple of negatives, and then I'll, I'll get out of here and I'll let you guys speak on it. One thing that I noticed post, and this is post the Mahomes injury, you know, my heart's getting ready to come out of my, my hind parts uh, when they started changing the play call. Why doesn't Andy Reid not just put more people in the block? Like every time I see them line up in five wide, I, I get I got nervous because there's only five guys back there, and that's one of the better pass rushes in, in, in the entire NFL. I'm with you on that, Butch. I, t- I told you about that too, Pete. Let's get some pass protection in there. You know, sacrifice a little bit, get some max protection in there. Here's the one thing too about Mahomes. He was hobbled. He still had the second-highest passer rating he's ever had. Second-most yards he's ever had. Get this. What was that stat they showed on the uh, CBS broadcast? Not since 2004 has anybody had that many yards throwing in the first quarter except for Peyton Manning. Right. And he left a touchdown off the board. Let's face it, you know, when he misses Travis Kelsey. He tried his no-look deal and missed Kelsey, which, you know, let Mahomes do whatever he wants because the guy's going to be fine. But the guy had an incredible game. I mean, despite, right. you know, you look at these numbers, he could have well, that, been better, but he was good against a good secondary and a good defense in Jacksonville, and the Chiefs have got to work on max protection. The, Mahomes cannot go through 16 games getting hit like this. Well, that's what's interesting, right? And I think Butch made a, a great point about it being a privilege, right? So you're watching this game, and this happens to you a lot when you watch the Chiefs nowadays. You're like, oh, Mahomes is getting killed. Where is the, def- the defensive pass rush? The secondary, I don't like these cornerbacks. You have all these complaints, and you're like, man, they're not even playing that well. And then you blink, and you look up, and you look at the score, and it's 30-13. to 13, When you kind of feel like, like at that point, like you're saying to yourself, For- forget 30-13. to 13. It should almost be like a 42-3 to three game. But you got to pinch yourself sometimes and realize 30-13 to 13 is a blowout. Yeah. They're blowing them out, and you're nitpicking a little bit. 
Uh, so, again, that's that's where you're at, I think, with the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> I had someone tweet me, does Frank Clark get credit for the interception even though CBS didn't have it? Everybody was mad. <laughs> if it's CBS. not on CBS. Hey, listen, it looked it like they switched the set, over. Though. And TV5 shouldn't do it with the local deal, but it's not their fault, actually. It's uh, a national deal. Uh, I understand that the, the network made you think they had switched the game because it was non-competitive, but it was actually a problem, a technical difficult problem. Tip. Difficulty problem with CBS. We'll take one more call, and we're going to get to some of Andy Reid. Fred and OP, what's up, Fred? Well, I have to disagree on the defense analogy that you just said. What's that? I could care less about beating the Jaguars. If the defense does not get a pass rush, I hate to be the one to break this to you. There's a team called the Rams, the Patriots, et cetera, et cetera, top teams with someone – uh, I think his name is Tom Brady. Fred, who you been listening to? Because Pete, no, 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 Fred, just, just wait, wait, wait. Do I don't understand what you're. What are you talking about, Fred? We're talking about the lack of pass rush. Pete and I've talked about that. Where, where you, what are you listening to? Well, you no, call in here and say you want to disagree. Wait a minute, you call in and say you want to disagree with us. That. We agree with that. Yeah, we we do agree with that, Fred. Come on, Fred. You listen to somewhere else, Fred. Come on, man. You got to be better than that, Fred. Come on, man. It's, uh, it's disappointing, Fred. We you have step it up, man. We have uh, Andy Reid after the game. A uh, big win for the Chiefs, forty to twenty six. From some injuries, there was a little chippy play. Miles Jacks got himself ejected. So let's uh, hear from the Chiefs head coach. The injuries, just real quick. So um, Pat um, has an ankle sprain. So we'll just see how see how that goes. He's being looked at now. And then uh, McCoy came out. He had a he had, he had cramps. So um, he's being taken care of there. Uh, listen, um, like I mentioned, the guys, it doesn't matter how pretty they are or not pretty. I mean, everybody, you know, they come down hard on themselves if they if they've feel like they haven't played well. But you enjoy every win in the National Football League. It's too hard to get. This is a good football team here. And Doug um, has done a heck of a job of, of working these guys and putting them together. And, and they played with, with some key positions injured and, and, um, and, and still competed their heart out to the end. So, um, you know, Coach Coughlin who's not a coach anymore, but Tom Coughlin, uh, um, you know, again, you play one of their teams, Doug's teams, and you better be ready for a good, tough football game. And uh, that's what it was. And I'm proud, of my, I'm proud of my guys for the effort that they put in. I mean, it was a summer we got out there, and I was hot. While well, you guys were up eating hot dogs, man, it was, it was, it was hot down there. So our guys fought through and, and did, a, did a nice job with that. Anyways, with that, time's yours. Andy, with Patrick, how do you, um, you know, you had the injury then, and how do you weigh how much you let him keep going? And, and... Yeah, he was good. I mean, you know, he's he said he's had ankles before, so he's basketball and so on, so he felt comfortable going. I mean, I tried to keep a close eye on it the best I could, as Rick did. Um, it didn't look like it was hindering him, so we left him in, um, you know, and and we went with that. Um, I'd also like to just say on Sammy. Sammy did a heck of a job out there uh, today. Also, I thought he had a had a nice game. The kids worked so hard to um, get himself over that whole injury thing that he's had, and uh, put that. Uh, he's never wavered. He's put it in the back burner and and worked his tail off and had a nice game. Good for Andy Reid to to mention Sammy Watkins. Credit to Spectrum Sports uh, on the sound there. Uh, I, I like the game that Sammy had, but Reed's words about Jacksonville being tough. I just feel like there's a difference between tough and dirty, and it felt like Jacksonville 
both with the Miles Jack thing where he got he felt like he got hit in the head. He did end up apologizing after the game, and then Jalen Ramsey's hit felt a little bit dirty too. Oh, the way he got up, of course. That's I mean, as a fan, you're probably coming off the couch a little bit and saying, "I want to get on the field," and you're trying to get a little angry. They were dropping like flies too. Jacksonville was they dropping were, like they were, flies in that game. Hurt, they were getting Mahomes too. I mean, you, you know, we talk about the defensive line, the offensive line. Uh, had too many holes today. Allowing, they may have to adjust and, and max protect more, have the back in the backfield doing that more, Pete, given Patrick Mahomes. I know that one time with McCoy when he came back to really help Mahomes out with the depleting block on Jacksonville. That stuff does help, that little stuff in the short screen. I, I do feel that Andy Reid really helped Mahomes in that second half. I'll be honest with you with the plays that he was calling. Let's go back to the Chiefs head coach. One other aspect of Patrick, too, he's obviously played with some injury, some level of injury before, but did he, did he show another dimension of that toughness today? And does that ripple through the team? Yeah, yeah he, he, you know, he loves to play. So I'm, uh, you know, I just want to make sure I kept a close eye on him there. And we'll just, you know, we'll see how he does here, uh, you know, when he's done with this. But um, he's a tough kid and he, he's a competitive son of a gun now. Yeah. What was it about today's game that allowed Sammy to have a big day? Well, I mean, from the first one on, you saw him break tackles and split seams. There was no indecision after catches. Um, he's big and he's fast and he's strong. And um, and we're moving him all over the place, so he's also smart, which helps. So uh, I think that combination, Adam, is, is uh, probably what contributed to that. You know, we, we didn't we asked him to play that zebra position. Um, he didn't blink at. It. He said, "Just put me in, let me go, and I'll do my thing." And so he plays inside, outside, everywhere. We talked about uh, how the second year in, it's going to be a little more comfortable. But um, what about physically? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's probably the biggest area right there. I think um, it, it wasn't. I, I imagine it's it's football wise plays and all that. But I, I just think the. The demands of training camp, and he's always come back from injury. So the demands of the training camp when he first came to us, I think, was a bit of a shocker. And then, um, you know, th- throughout the season, it, it just, it, you know, it was tough. He got nicked up a little bit in camp and uh, last year, and he's kind of fighting back from that. So uh, here he's been healthy. He hasn't missed an OTA practice. And I mean, he's, he's been there every day doing his thing, and he works so hard. I mean, you're, you pull for him because the things he's had aren't things that. Uh, you know, I mean, they were freak things. And so it, you knew coming out of college that you're talking about the best receiver, one of the best receivers I've ever seen coming out of college. I mean, he was phenomenal. And and that, this is what you saw, what you, what you saw today. I mean, this, this is uh, so it's a tribute to the kid, 100% to the kid. I thought this was interesting about Sammy Watkins and, and Jay. I, I told you about, um, about this after the game. Said 13 100-yard games coming into today. Ten of those were with Buffalo from 2014 to 2016. Only three since then, so he gets another one today. Actually almost got 200 yards, 198 yards for Sammy Watkins. But he was the man back then, and he wasn't the man when he went out to L.A. Even though he led the Rams in touchdowns his last year there, it was only on, what, like 39 carries. He, he performed even though he wasn't the number one guy. And when he came to Kansas City, he's clearly not been the number one guy because Tyreek Hill has emerged as the number one receiver, and depending on the injury – he could go back to being the number one target. So I'm curious how Sammy will react. Now, I love Sammy Watkins' yards after catch. He's a tremendous runner with the ball in his hands. He was showing some elusiveness, making guys miss tackles. But I like the way Sammy plays. And not only that, he'll show up and, you know, he shows up on the road. He showed up in the AFC title game. And again, though, 
I do think having Tyreek in the hill in the game helps Sammy Watkins. I do. Yeah, I, but, I think. I, I but think here's the deal. I mean, open. You look at this tweet from Ian Rappaport right here, though. It, it's it, it, and I'm going to read it to you. It's a rare injury. It's the same one Packers wide receiver Jake Kumaro had last year. Missed about two months. No timetable on Tyreek Hill yet. So a lot of speculation. But at the same time, this doesn't seem like this thing that you're going to blink and it's going to go away. You might be without Hill for a couple months. So Sammy Watkins is going to have to be that guy. He's going to have to be that guy, and you know, guys like Hardman going to have to step yeah. up. Demarcus Robinson, the role is going to be increased. For him, but this is why you have depth the wide receiver. I actually felt the Chiefs going to St. Joe as much as you and I did, you know, sitting up there with BK and everything, watching what was going on, Carrington, all those. Well, looking at the depth of wide receiver. There was a lot of depth that the Chiefs had at wide receiver. Now, Kelsey, he, his role even becomes more. Now, yeah. do you want to be the focus number one? Because remember when the Chiefs played the Patriots a couple years ago in the playoffs, they went in the game, Macklin was banged up, and Kelsey was the only weapon you had. Right. But when you have so many different weapons, you can't take everybody out. Clearly, the Tyreek Hill is important. And, you know, Sammy Watkins' production, we'll see what it is because he is such a decoy when Tyreek Hill is on the field when he's not getting the ball. Watch the attention defenses give Tyreek Hill. It's unbelievable. It makes our running game better. You can't stack the box when a guy like Tyreek Hill, that's why McCole Hardman, we have to step up, see that speed, Legion of Zoom going down the field and doing that. But he is a very integral part of this team, even when he's not getting the ball, just like the AFC title game. Sammy Watkins was productive because of Tyreek Hill. The good thing about, I think, Hill, too, and, and a lot of these receivers, this is what they have in common, is you give them a little bit of space, a few steps of space, and they're gone. And the Chiefs are fortunate to have a few guys like that on the team. Let's go back to Andy Reid. Did any part of you wonder what your offense would look like without Tyreek? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't. I, you know, guys played hard, and, um, you know, McColl stepped in, and, did his thing, and you know, D-Rob, D-Rob should have had a touchdown right there. He got his hand pulled down, but he had an opportunity to score. Kels had you know, his, his go there, and he tried playing a little bit of man on him, and, and he did well, and he's coming off an injury. and, and uh, So he, he fought through that, the surgery that he had in the offseason. He did a nice job pushing through four quarters, you know, the whole deal. Will Tyreek go home with you guys? We'll see. They're checking on him right now, so... We'll see. What did you see from your defense, Andy? Yeah, so I'll tell you, a huge play that beginning of that third quarter. Um, we needed that. Uh, that that kind of, you know, that's tough on their team right there. That, that puts a bit of doubt in their, their mind. And so uh, we were able to go ahead and take that down and score. Uh, I thought our defense played hard. These kind of games are toughest on that D-line. And I thought our guys battled through, man, and just kept, kept constant pressure. They were keeping people in to block. And... Um, you know, so uh, are there things we can do better uh, all the way around? All three phases of our game, offense, defense, special teams. But I sure like the effort. And uh, I think the more those guys play together and, and play within this system, I just think the sky's the limit. Hey, Coach, I was going to ask uh, earlier about your rookies, obviously. I'm not going to be started. Was there anything this week that maybe put them in the start line? But then just overall, how do you think that your first year players did today? Yeah, so I'll go back and look at the tape. Uh, but, uh, you know, I. I thought they, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did well. They all got to play today, so that, that was a good thing. And, um, you know, uh, we have so many different groups back there that, that play in the secondary. So Dan can, we consider Dan a starter, Thornhill a starter, which is a plus to Thornhill and, and to Spags, uh, having, having him available. But, you know, he's got, he's got good skill and instincts, so that's what allows him to get in there and play. 
Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, courtesy of Spectrum Sports. This from Adam Schefter, Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill will not need surgery on his collarbone injury, but will miss a few weeks per source. So what you're looking at is not a long-term injury, so that's automatically a good thing. But what's a few weeks? Probably the Raiders, the Ravens, and the Lions. The one that screams out right there is that Ravens. Baltimore Ravens game. That's yeah, gonna, the Ravens. The, the Ravens, Ravens went down there. to Miami, and, and Lamar Jackson looks like a different quarterback. And, and as far as Reed's talking about Hardman, I mean, Hardman didn't have any catches. <laughs> he didn't have any carries. You know, he's got to step up. But you got to remember this too, Pete. Tyreek's the punt returner as well. That's right. You know, Hardman did have two for 45 in kickoff returns, only a 22-and-a-half-yard average. That's not... That's not any great. That's league average, basically, Hardman ever turning kicks. But you're missing that element um, without Tyreek Hill. But this is where Patrick Mahomes, you need him to rise up. You know, go go back to what he did in 2017 against the Broncos when he's playing with the JV and Anthony Sherman is his running back. Kareem Hunt got one play. Travis Kelsey didn't play. And he made all that money for the different players on his team. We, we saw Patrick Mahomes elevate the other players around him. It's like Peyton Manning with Jacob Tammy and Austin Colley and all this. You take, you know, marginal talent and you make them better. So, yes, the pressure will be on Mahomes to kind of raise the talent level of a Demarcus Robinson. That We all know what he can do when he and Patrick Mahomes are in sync. We'll see something from McCole Hardman. Other guys need to step up and take some of that pressure off of uh, off of uh, Sammy Watkins as that number one receiver. Watkins got to put the team on his back. And as far as defensively, when he talks about Thornhill, Sorensen only had one tackle today because – Thornhill gets the start. Thornhill led the team with eight tackles. Thornhill looks and good. Thornhill, you know what he's got a little bit of him? He's got a little He's got a little nasty streak. He's got Uh-oh. a little mean streak. You, think you see so? him with a little extra shoves when yeah. he makes a tackle? He's got a little bit of that mean streak. I liked what I saw from Juan Thornhill because the Chiefs need a little bit of nasty yeah, yeah, on defense. Right. And Juan Thornhill, kind of, he's got to be careful because he was teetering on penalties there a few times. Got to keep it between the white lines and, and he, between the whistles. And he, he did get screwed on the crown thing because he'd hit the shoulder pad, not the helmet. It right. was it was not a good call, but Thornhill showed a little bit of nastiness. Let's wrap it up with Andy Reid. And then also, Coach, your fans online—they're just saying, pick your point. You score forty points without Tyreek Hill. I know you're trying to like contain your enthusiasm, probably, but how scary is is, is, this, is this team's offense when you can score forty points without your fastest and Tyreek Hill? Yeah. So, so listen. I mean, it's the first game of the season. Um, I, I'm excited for some of the young guys that had an opportunity to play. Um, uh, we can be better, you know. We, we're not. We haven't uh, maxed out. I, you know, our fans were absolutely phenomenal from the time we walked into the hotel. I mean, it, it was like we were going to, a, you know, a, bowl, a college bowl game. I mean, they were all there and and uh, and cheering us on. And uh, um, and then that you saw here today, um, they were unbelievable. And there's nothing like when you get down towards the end of the game, if you're winning. And uh, and it's all red, right? It's all red. So it's uh, that's a beautiful thing. We appreciate every bit of that. We feel them, and you know, we appreciate all that. Last two will go by. Andy, it just seemed like extreme conditions today, and, and uh, it seemed like you guys handled it quite well. What, what was the key to that? Yeah, well, I was proud of them. They, you know, so much of it's uh, staying hydrated and uh, and and preparing for it before you get to today. And, and so you're, tra- you're traveling, you're on the road. We just came off of two hot days in, in Kansas City. Uh, the hard work that they did in camp, all those things kind of pay off for you. So you can, you, you can function in the third and fourth quarter at a high level. And, um, and so, you know, Rick's a big part of that with uh, staying on the guys about drinking and always having 
the liquids around and, and then take care of them during a game. But there's a huge emphasis put on that. And so, um, you know, games like this, uh, that pays off for you. Last one, LaShawn McCoy looked like he had lost a step. What, what did you see from LaShawn? Yeah, I mean, that's the way he looked on, on tape. Uh, you know, he looked like he still had the vision and the quickness. He's, he's got good feet, and he's, he's got that, that vision which uh, and patience. Um, so, I, I, you know, you're talking about a future Hall of Fame guy, and he's at the end of his career. He's getting there. I mean, he's 31 years old. So, I mean, uh, it's young to somebody like me, but it's old in the football world. And... Uh, uh, but he, he trains hard. He's a different guy than when I had him the first time as far as uh, the foods that he eats and the training that he does. I mean, he's really stayed on top of his game the older he's gotten, and uh, and it paid off for him today. So he's a nice addition. You get he and uh, Damien in there, and, uh, and um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good combination to have. And, and, and our rookie, Thompson, got in there too and had a chance to play. So um, I think that was a plus, too. All right, thank you. All right. We'll- it's Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, courtesy of Spectrum Sports. I don't have to ask you, Jay. I know that you're on Team Shady. Hashtag Team Shady all the way. I like it. You know, you, you become a smarter <laughs> player at times when you're older. I knew that was you, coming. you just become a smarter player. Yeah. And not only that, well, what about what about the Anthony Thomas? You think we might see an elevated role? Because again, That's I think good. Tyreek Hill, when he was drafted, was because he could do things that they originally drafted the Anthony Thomas to do. The Anthony Thomas was so explosive. At Oregon's, whether he's running the ball, 46 touchdowns, never caught from behind, but he never materialized into that. Although he was a distraction to defense as a rookie, even was it when he wasn't, you know, getting the ball as much, he was still, he was uh, not as good as Tyreek Hill, not even close to as good, as, but Tyreek Hill gave them what they wanted from De'Anthony Thomas, in my opinion. And De'Anthony Thomas here is a gunner on special teams, the guy we could see an increased role from De'Anthony Thomas going forward, to be honest with you for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's not a bad point. I mean, he's been here for a while. He knows the offense. He's been in the, in the playbook. He's a very mini-light Tyreek Hill. Call us at 913-576-7610 if you'd want to get involved. We're going to go out to the phone line. Steven in Lenexa. What's up, Steven? Hey, guys. You know, I mean, I'm still on the Super Bowl bandwagon. This may be a good thing. This is I'm, – I'm riding the Shady McCoy train all the way. <laughs> we need to unleash – we need to unleash this guy. This is going to be good practice. I, I hate to say I told you so, but this is exactly why you don't give these guys huge money. Hill has done nothing in my book to merit this kind of commitment. He's been riding dirty for way too long, and this is a karmic payback. And it's uh, the uh, oh, come on, man. Here's the thing, though. You, it's you, not you, a karmic. You don't even understand what he does as a distraction. And again, we've talked about other players feasting because the attention Tyreek Hill draws on defense. So even if he's not getting the ball, don't don't think for a second that's not production being on that offensive side. Don't tell me he's not getting any attention. He's getting most of the attention from that defense. They're more concerned about him and Kelsey than anybody. Well, of course, Mahomes, but Mahomes is the conduit for the success of Hill. And, Steven, uh, you know, trying Kelsey, to make it a little bit lighter in the situation, calling it. A, I saw that a few places on twitter a karma karma comeback i i don't i don't think that has anything to do with it and uh again um the chiefs felt comfortable making that commitment to him and and it is what it is at this point whether you agree or not you know he's going to be here now for the next two three years i thought it was actually a reasonable contract and again it's probably a better deal than you would have gotten and again um adam Schefter reporting that it's going to be a few weeks until tyreek hill 
returns. Uh, this is the Arrowhead Pride postgame show presented by 7th Street Casino. Where it's at, when we come back, we'll go through the AP sounds of the game. Stay with us. The Arrowhead Pride postgame show presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. After a 40-26 Chiefs win to start the NFL season, Jay, I know you're ramped up. Yeah, I mean, to go on the road, just like last year, go on the road, get these victories early. I mean, Andy Reid, you know, going on the road early, just his mastery of this division with the Chargers, 9 in the last 10, the, the Raiders, what, 7 in the last 8, last 7 in a row against the Broncos, owning the division. But I like the fast starts on the road. You get these home games later in the year, but you go on the road and show what they did. Jacksonville's a tough defensive team, uh, despite Foles. The injury did not matter to Nick Foles because Gardner Minshew was just as good as Nick Foles could have been. 22-25 throwing the football. Gardner Minshew added a uh, dimension to him that the Chiefs should have been prepared for because he got most of the preseason snaps from Jacksonville. But the good news is, and again, the Chiefs are building this thing. Let's give the defense a little bit of time. That was a garbage touchdown at the end. Let's give him some time. It's new staff, new coaching staff on defense, new defensive coordinator, Matt House, Brendan Daly, all these guys. You're bringing in hungry guys on defense like the Badger, right. the Honey Badger, like Frank Clark. Thornhill, in his development, I think is good. It was good to see these guys tested in a real game, not preseason, real game, going on the road in hot conditions. And I get it. St. Joe was hot, too, so I'm not making a big deal of the heat like a lot of people nationally have. What do you think uh, Anchorage, Alaska is St. Joe? No, it's hotter than hell up there. I can verify that. <laughs> Where are we going? Where it's we going with they get hot, too. Jaguars <laughs> get hot, too. They get hot, too, just like the Chiefs do. But it was good to see. You know, it was on the road. It was, it was Take that into consideration. A game on the road where you put up 40 points. Yeah. Defensively, against the run, yes, only 81 yards by the Jaguars. They were in a situation. They were behind, had to throw more. Yeah. But they did average over five yards a carry. That shouldn't be, you know, they did go 5.1 per. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned the defense, and it obviously needs to come along, but when your offense is that good at the beginning of the game, it gives you time to start to maybe get to get this thing uh, to mesh. Uh, the Chiefs came out firing, led by Sammy Watkins, and we're going to go into AP Sounds of the Game. AP Sounds of the Game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto, Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. And we start in the first quarter with Sammy Watkins. Third and three. They send Hill in motion. Mahomes looks that way. Now will fire and hit his man at the 40. Oh, look out! Sammy Watkins takes it all the way. Explosion in Jacksonville. 68-yard touchdown. Yeah, he's smiling. Mahomes, he's so, smiling too. Yeah, no kidding. So Sammy Watkins. Touchdown! The Legion of Zoom strikes again. And if two touchdowns wasn't enough, he added another one in the fourth. Second and goal. Mahomes pump and throw. End zone. Touchdown! Sammy Watkins has been a machine. Third of the day for Watkins. And Kansas City is running away from Jacksonville. Credit to CBS Ein Eagle uh, on the call. And you can hear Sammy screaming at the end of that play. Just a tremendous game. Three touchdowns, 198 yards. Sammy Watkins spoke to the media following the Chiefs' big 40-26 to 26 win. Kind of, uh, game right off the bat. 
Not this type of game, but um, I think, you know, the, the work I put in the offseason and um, the trust that I have in the coaches and the staff and the training, what I did in the offseason um, would lead up to, you know, playing good and, and, and being successful. So um, just got to continue to build and, and, and um, keep working and um, just keep building that foundation with the team and keep winning. So what was it about today's game that allowed you? Um, just having fun, um, not trying too hard. Um, I think we have the players, the team, um, the, the work ethic um, that we all put in, and um, just got to continue to build on that. And um, I'm not a statistics guy. Um, I love scoring three touchdowns and whatever many yards, but it's the objective is um, to get the win. You take us through that first, the first touchdown. Um, just playing fast, and um, usually, you know, I, I don't get the ball, but somehow Pat looked at me and I looked at him and I caught it, and you know, just ran fast as I could, and, and it felt great. Um, I never had a a uh, 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 touchdown in this in this um, league to break a tackle and run 60, 70 yards. It felt really good. Sammy, did you feel DeMarcus's block on that? It was right, might have been right out of your point of view or intel. Um, for sure. I think all of us is connected, and um, that's what the coach preach about is finishing those plays. And um, that's what Greg Lewis preached in our, in our um, room. And as um, long as we continue to run our routes, finish our plays, and play for one another, and um, finish those blocks, and you know things like that can happen um, each play. So much of last year, Sammy was trying to overload you with the playbook to, to learn all three wide receiver positions. How different did it feel today versus opening day last year in Los Angeles, sort of understanding fully the, the offense? Um, I think I just really trusted the coaches and followed the plan this whole offseason with um, the load that they gave me, switching different positions. And um, really just honing in on it and um, putting the effort in studying those plays and, and being on the right page with Pat. And, and it led to, to me knowing all the positions and going out there and playing fast and having fun and not going out there thinking. Um, last year, I felt like I really didn't know my role or um, the whole offense, and I, I couldn't go out there and play fast. And this year, um, just trusting in, in, in Pat and Coach Reed and Greg Lewis and literally everybody that's helped me get to this point. Um, I'm grateful and have you know, grace, and I just got to continue to go out there every day and work. You got a lot of yards after the catch today. Do you feel like that part of your game is what maybe sets you apart? Um, yeah, I think it's just practice. Um, I, I know how to practice now, and um, I know um, what coach want out of me and all my coaches. So if I can come out there every day um, at practice and put the work in, and, and um, I think hard work and practice lead to great games, and got to continue just to stack that and uh, move forward to the next game. How gratifying is it for you today after all the things that you've gone through to come out first game of the year to have nearly 203 touchdowns? Um, got a lot of grace, um, and a lot of people I know helping me get to this point, and um, that's, that's the humbleness in me, and um, just got to continue to build on that and um, come to work every day with the worker mentality. And um, I think once I keep doing that and staying positive and bring great energy every day to the locker room, to my group, and um, just continue to work, I think that's my whole mentality now is just work. Everything else is going to add up. Everything else will play out. Just a different mentality. Um, I think just coming in to work and just that's all I'm about. I think that's the, the foundation that I'm building. Um, everything else, the yards, everything else add up. Just come to work every day and um, be myself and bring great energy. That's that's my objective. How, how will this wide receiver room respond if you're losing Tyreek for a little bit? Um, for sure it's going to hurt us. Um, but I think we have the group of guys and, and the coaches and the staff to, to, to continue to have the game plan and literally just come to work. And um, I think when we get back, we'll, we'll play for him. But when we get when we get back, um, I think we'll still be that successful team. Was Ramsey doing a lot of talking with you out there? 
I don't really know. I don't get into it. I just go out there and play and have fun. And, and what he do is say don't don't affect us. We just go out there and play our game and try to get the win. Given how many injuries you had in your career, Sammy, what was it like for you personally to see Patrick sort of have his ankle be injured and him to sort of still command the offense, still get you guys in and out, score touchdowns? What did he show you today? That's the fight. I think that's the fight in him. And um, I didn't even know that happened. I wasn't, I'd be so locked in. But um, that's the fight that any quarterback, and, and Pat is a quarterback that lead this team, and he's going to continue to do that. And I'm pretty sure he's been hurt many other times. We're getting knocked out by those big guys back there. But that's the fight that you have. So what did you know? When did you find out that he got hurt? I seen the ankle taped up and stuff like that, but I didn't know what play it was. Uh, Sammy, obviously, you know, with Tyreek on that, you all still score 40 points. How is the addition of McCall Hartman and, and Shady McCoy to the offense helping you out? Um, whatever to, to score more points and make us better and get us to the Super Bowl and continue to build, um, we can bring anybody. I think the, the, the offensive coordinator, everybody that we have on our staff just put us in the greatest positions um, to be successful. And I don't care who we throw out there. I think that we got a good staff to, to, to have a plan to um, be successful. Um, grace. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I come into the season with, with just um, allowing everybody to help me. Um, I can't do it by myself. None of us, especially me. Um, but just, just really just coming to work every day and knowing that um, I can be successful, but knowing that I got help around me to, to be successful, and um, I don't have to put all the will on my back and try to do everything by myself. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Credit to Spectrum Sports, and that's AP Sounds of the Game, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. So 198 yards for Sammy Watkins, and we're in game one. 15 games now to get to 1,000. It's about 800 yards. Probably yeah. could happen. Last year had nine starts, three touchdowns. And he's already matched that. So he's matched Put it, it this way. That's his 61st career start. You th- he'll, I mean, he'll definitely get to 1,000 well, yards. He's got 31 touchdowns now and 61 career starts. So almost half the games, crazy. he will at least get a touchdown. So he's no stranger to the end zone. So 31 touchdowns and 61 starts for Sammy Watkins. And again, when he was with the Rams that uh, the last year with the Rams, he did lead them in touchdowns that year. Back out to the phone lines. Big T in Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey guys, great show, man. Good, good, uh, good info on Sammy. I, I like that. Hey, uh, you guys are right. Nice victory today. Uh, anytime you go out on the road, uh, and you know, it was hot down there, man. Those guys played well. Uh, I take my hats off to the guys today. Uh, I'm glad you brought Watkins up because, um, <laughs> he looks like he's healthy and ready to roll. And that spells trouble for the rest of the NFL. And, um, you know, a lot of people are thinking maybe after this year, they might not want him around no more. I wonder if a lot of people change their minds about that today because <laughs> I think he's going to have a monster year and it's going to be, it's going to be a uh, roll, roll, roll for the Chiefs. Um, Mahomes, what a great day. I think I saw a stat where he, um, had a record where he most yards in the first quarter since, uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. 2004. So that was sweet. Uh, Shady did well. And man, Andy Reid, look at some of them plays he's drawing up. Everybody, <laughs> that, those are those are mind-boggling. I mean, he just spreads it. That's a great defense. That was a tough defense, and and that's my next question about the defense. And I know I know Frank Clark had that interception today, 
that was nice. But man, we're paying that guy a hundred million, and I know they're settling in, and I, I, I think he's going to bring. Uh, he brings that more nastiness. I could already tell that, but he was going against a third string uh, offensive yeah. tackle, and I'm expecting just a little bit more there. But man, it, it, you know that's nitpicking. Uh, way to go, Chiefs. That Thornhill. You're right. He's got some nastiness to him too. And just keep building on that, and and let's try to get Baltimore next week. That's going to be a tough game. That Jackson kid looks pretty good, but you know that's going to be a good test for our defense. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, keep our quarterback up and up uh, healthy and get tied back. But uh, hey, let's go, Chiefs. Great show, you guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you to Big T, and, and the thing that he was referring to is per CBS, Patrick Mahomes, 211 passing yards with the most in a first quarter since Peyton Manning back in 2004. It's always great when your your quarterback, your hometown quarterback, is getting mentioned with Peyton Manning and Brett Favre and, and, and Tom Brady. Me, we still have the Raiders before the Ravens. That's right. That's correct. Right, right. go to, and and to, to his point, Antonio Brownless uh, Frank Frank Clark was underwhelming today, if, you're, if you want to pick on some negatives. And I think he... We'll admit that. Yeah. And I think that he realized that they needed more of a pass rush. Now, Ogba gets a sack. That was good to see. You know, Ogba and Okafor. I thought Okafor flashed at different times. And, again, we're talking about good run stuffers. Matter of fact, uh, when Ogba was out of the, the lineup, um, his previous stop, they averaged almost a yard more per carry against that defense in Cleveland without Ogba in there. And, again, we're talking about a guy that, like Okafor, like Ogba, I think that are Brett Veach projects that were drafted high. You bring him in with Brendan Daly, Matt House. You bring him in with his defensive staff and Steve Spagnola, and you try to coach him up. They, they tried it with Cam Irving on offense, and I, I look at Ogba and Okafor as kind of projects to take to the next level. Frank Clark, clearly, I was expecting more from Frank today, and I think he was expecting more from himself. Hopefully develop some kind of pass rush because you can, it was Gardner Minshew. We're talking about a rookie sixth-round pick out of Washington and Will, State. And Will Richardson. Yeah, going against Will Richardson. You know, because his Cam first Robinson career start against Frank Clark. I mean, if you are having your first career start, you know, you're Will Richardson, you draw Frank Clark. I mean, you got to be saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to try to have as best of a game as possible. And we were watching him. You know, we were sitting next to each other watching. He was handling Clark he just, and by right himself. Two hands. By himself. Yep. I mean, I, I'm excited to watch the tape because I'm sure there were wins that, with Clark that we didn't see where he just didn't wasn't able to reach the uh, backup quarterback for Jackson. Something that we'll never see. But, right. <laughs> the pick. But, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't. It didn't feel like a good sign to begin to begin here, and 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 I think that extended to the secondary. You, you mentioned the rookie Juan Thornhill, eight tackles led the team, but at the same time, DJ Shark. I don't know if it's DJ Shark that's good, but you know, Charvarius Ward um, didn't look great against him today. And, and same thing with Kendall Fuller. Shark's good play. You know, six four. They get that range. Fuller, second round pick. Fuller on the touchdown early in the game over the back shoulder. Uh, that was the play that Foles got injured on, actually. Um, man, he was close, but but again, Shark just able to to get the better of him. And you, you worry a little bit about the secondary with here's, this Chiefs team. Here's what Frank Clark tweeted after the game. Got to play better uh, defense individually and collectively. Thank God for a healthy outcome and a first win being part of the Chiefs' kingdom. Thank you to all the dope fans who came out in support. You, you're appreciated. I, Andy Reid mentioned it, too, but there was a lot of red. There was a lot of Fred it was in incredible. Jacksonville. That was great to see. I mean, it, well, it, I expected in L.A. when they play the Chargers, I mean, there was like at least 10 well, to 15, maybe more than that. I talked to Reggie in Anaheim about how many they actually had out there. But Chiefs' kingdom is becoming like the Steelers a little bit. These road games are becoming, you know, like and, and like the Steelers used to be at Arrowhead. I mean, they would take over that stadium. The Chiefs fans, like, you kind of noticed that kind of takeover like you saw with the Royals in 15 when all the fans would travel and watch the team. And you're seeing it, too. This is apparent, and it's incredible. With Patrick Mahomes, 
He's on Head and Shoulders. He has Hunt's Ketchup. He's everywhere. Oakley. He's the on uh, with Oakley. He's on Madden Major Covers. Crunch. He has cereal. It's a Joe Montana this morning, like figure. It's a LeBron James type figure. So you know when you walk around the streets in Missouri and you're seeing Cleveland Cavaliers jerseys and now Los Angeles Lakers jerseys, I'm sure Zion Williamson will have that type of following. You're going to get fans. Similar in the sense of how in, how in the hell are the Yankees fans randomly everywhere? You're going to have fans that are just popping up. Like, if you're a young guy, you're going to love this kid. And you might have Chiefs fans in the weirdest places. Like, if you're a Chiefs fan and you're yeah, growing probably up. Probably a couple of moments wins, away, Pete, from discount double-check. Now that he's doing Aaron Rodgers. Right, he's with Aaron Rodgers yeah. on State Farm. I mean, you're going to get Chiefs fans growing up in Florida, Tennessee, randomly, just because of what Patrick Mahomes is able to do. And, and, and like, look at him today. Still carving up the defense. Yes, the, they shifted the game plan so that he was throwing a little bit quicker, but still carving up the defense on one leg. He had a sprained ankle. And I was curious how teams would play the Chiefs because there is that shift in the way teams are playing. And we saw it towards the end of last year when the Chiefs did lose some games. What was the common denominator? Time of possession. The T.O.P., people were playing the Chiefs differently. They ran the ball more. They played more control. Keep Mahomes on the sideline. Keep Hill on the sideline. Keep Kelsey on the sideline. We saw more and more of that, the time, like especially in Seattle, when the Chiefs lost out in Seattle with their biggest blowout loss with seven points in a game there. But towards the end of the year, teams tried to use offense as their defense. And, and uh, you know, the Chargers talked about it when before they played the Chiefs, before they came in the arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. You know, use your offense as a defense. And we saw teams switch and kind of play the Chiefs differently, so to speak. Maybe go off their game plan just to keep Mahomes on the sideline where he can't hurt you because we see what he'll do to you. He will absolutely shred you if he got, gets an opportunity with the passing game. But using offense as a defense, it was going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs respond to that because they will see more and more of that like they did last year when the teams try to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. And hopefully the defense can keep creating third and three and outs, get Mahomes on the field more because last year there was a problem with that. When you add in a bad defense, and it's amazing what Pat Mahomes was able to do. It's amazing what he was able to do against the Patriots. Considering the Patriots had the ball more in the first half than the Chiefs did the entire game. But yet he still takes it to overtime. Shows you what he can do out there with a limited amount of time. Well, it's just different, man. Like, I, I talked about it on the Arrowhead Pride tailgate prior to, to the game today. You know, I, I do these interviews with the, the sister site for SB Nation. So there's Arrowhead Pride and there's Big Cat Country for the Jaguars fans. And I'm taking a lot of heat because I predicted 42-21. By the way, wink, wink, stick with Pete, and you'll get around You'll get around the score prediction for the game. And I was taking some heat, and, and it's not that I disrespect the Jaguars' defense because I think their defense is great. I think that's why Mahomes was getting killed back there and the offensive line was struggling so much. But at the same time, you can do whatever you want. There's just too many options for the Chiefs, and it's going to get tested a little bit now. Of course, Adam Schefter, we said it already, uh, Tyree kills it. You know, going to be due to to miss a few weeks here, and the Baltimore Ravens game is the one that sticks out, and you're a little bit concerned about because that team looks really good against Miami today. But at the same time, you know, you feel comfortable saying the Chiefs are going to score more than 30 points. Let's see if the defense can just you know play well enough for us. Yeah, I don't see them scoring 50 or 40 and losing the game. Right. I just don't right. see that. I, I, so it, then, it, this it gives defense you some last year, I do think it is better than last year. Last year was not good. I think this yeah. defense is still a work in progress. And again, you go look at the last 15 years of Super Bowl champions. They averaged around eight and a half as far as where they finished points allowed. And Bob Sutton, you know, he was good his first couple of years in Kansas City with the points against. Now it started going the opposite direction, 15th and 24th his last couple of years. But all in all, Bob Sutton's defense has finished ninth 
When you, when That's you why I call him Bobby up, Defense, baby. As far as points against, the most important stat. But I think I think getting three and outs and getting Mahomes on the field more, that will counteract what other teams are trying to do against the Chiefs. When they can methodically run against this team and keep the chains moving, keep the clock going, that's what hurts the Chiefs. That style of play. It's Princeton's style of basketball. Slow them down and play their level. Yeah, and I think that's the way that teams are going to be able to compete with the Chiefs if they can. You saw a little bit, I think, of it in the second half with Jacksonville that you're going to need a really good running back, and you're going to have to play the possession game and really stretch out games. And I think that's the only possible way you're even going to be able to compete with the Chiefs because, yeah, you can get something going, but if you blink, it's going to be 14 nothing like it was today with Sammy Watkins with the two touchdowns uh, in the first quarter. Again, Patrick Mahomes uh, doing things that Peyton Man- the last person to do was Peyton Manning back in 2004. Uh, this is the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. It's presented by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. Uh, if you want to get involved, 913-576-7610. You can also text us on the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line, 69306. When we come back, we'll name our player of the game. That's next. The Arrowhead Pride postgame show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. The Chiefs with a 40-26 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and a great way to start the NFL season. If you want to get involved, 913-576-7610-69306 for the Protein House. Eat with a purpose. Uh, text line, Jay, I know you're happy today. I know you're, I can see that smile on your face. Well, yeah, I'm happy. It's happy to get the season started. No, I'm not happy about the injury situation. They had. It looks like Mahomes is going to be fine. But you'll take a victory like this on the road against a defense like that when it's the first game. And there's so many rough games. People don't even play in the preseason much anymore. It's hard to get in sync. And I know Andy Reid will use the starters a little bit more than other coaches will. But still, it's not enough. It's not enough to gain, you know, the in sync. But now we're so worried about injuries and everything. And I understand that. But it was good to see the impressive win by the Chiefs. Baltimore did look very impressive as well when you're looking at the balance of power in the AFC. And to me, one of the worst things to happen to the Chiefs, Antonio Brown going from the Raiders to the Patriots. When I think of Josh Gordon it is worse. And, and Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, you're right. I, I, think, I think this marks the return of Gronk. I think we see him eventually uh, for the Patriots this year. I'm not kidding you because I'm, I'm looking pie in the sky now. Who's the threat to the Chiefs? Who is the threat to the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl? Yes, I'm paying attention to what the Ravens. Who's going to be that other team to step up? Who's going to be that team? It's not going to be the Colts with Andrew Luck going down. Because I was thinking, you know, Chiefs and Colts, and I loved what they were doing with their offensive line, going from worst to first as far as giving up sacks from 17 to 18. Andrew Luck coming back player of the year. Him retiring helped the Chiefs. It totally did because it took a team that I consider real power in the AFC and brought him down a few levels. Now, Antonio Brown, I wish yeah. he would have stayed with the Raiders. Yeah. I wish they would have sent that. Peter King talked about this five-day letter. Had they done that, they could have stored him on IR <laughs> and not paid him the guaranteed money. He would have screwed himself. Now, here's the thing. He could go and disrupt the chemistry in New England. Yeah, he's not going to do that. Though. But you know what Belichick did? He doesn't care because he'll throw him on IR, right. and he'll keep him away from anybody else. Whether he works out, that's great. That's a bonus. But if he doesn't work out... He's going to stash him and storm away so nobody else can use him. This is the Randy Moss pickup. It's an unfortunate pickup um, because it helps the New England Patriots. I, I, you know how this is going to play out, right? 
Antonio Brown, who was always loud and a distraction, is going to finally shut his mouth and play really well. Wish that, he would have stayed how, with Oakland. Wish he would have just stayed that, with Oakland. And and I think Bill Belichick saw the Chiefs' dream team and yep. said, "I need another piece." Yep. And now they are a dream team too. And what you're setting up now is like, you know, the NBA season. It's just over the past few years, it's felt like up. Oh, just waiting for LeBron to face the Golden State Warriors. I understand it was different this year. Toronto ends up winning with all the injuries. Again, that's that's something else to talk about. But I, I think that's sort of what this NFL season is 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 this year. Is is everybody's just waiting for this mon- monster AFC title game between the Patriots and the Chiefs, and it's going to be two Pro Bowl teams going at it for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Brady versus Mahomes. It's the new uh... Brady versus Mahomes three. It will be. Oh no, before if yeah, they get to the AFC the title game, season, if they get to tell you. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has the the sprained ankle. This from Adam Schefter. We talked a little bit about it. Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill will not need surgery on his collarbone, but will miss a few weeks per a source. I do want to get to the Arrowhead Pride player of the game. The player of the game is brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. Jewelry that's dazzled Kansas City for over 40 years. And to me, you have to go with Sammy Watkins. Nine receptions, 198 yards, three touchdowns. I, I'll agree with you on this, but who else? Well, just think about this, though. Do we take for granted 378 yards in three touchdowns could have been four from Holmes? Do we take for granted <laughs> the most passing yards in the first quarter since four. 2004? We didn't even talk about that. The I no, mean, the I mean no think look. about it, though. Think about how the we're no taking look, for no granted. Touchdown. His quarterback rating was 140, what? 143.2. Okay? His second highest quarterback rating he's ever had. Second most yards he's ever had. He, and he's doing something that hadn't been done in the NFL in 15 years, but yet, and I'm with you on Here's Sammy what Watkins, I will say. Because we take it for granted how good Mahomes is. I will tell you this. And Greg. he did it on a bum ankle. If this were the Alex Smith era, and Alex went 25 of 33 for 378 yes. yards for three touchdowns, everybody would be freaking out. It's a co-offensive uh, player of the year. I'm with you on Sammy Watkins. We can't give it to Patrick Mahomes every week because he couldn't get it every but, week. But here's the deal. I mean, that's what's amazing about this, right? You've gotten used to, and what's become normalized yes. is this incredible quarterback. Take it for granted. Because it's every game. Yep. It's Mahomes usually will get over 300 yards. He'll usually score at least three touchdowns. That's normal now in Kansas City. And so, yes, I mean. And he I, left one on the table. He said he owes Kelsey lunch. He said that Twitter. on Twitter. He yeah, said, Twitter. well, he tried for the no look. Kelsey was wide open. You didn't need to know look that no, he probably one. Didn't. And he he airmailed it. But anyway, the player of the game, of course, is Sammy Watkins. Again, it's brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. Jewelry that's dazzled Kansas City for over 40 years. Tune in to Fesco in the morning tomorrow. Tomorrow, And if you know the player of the game, which we just told you, you could win $25 to Topper's Pizza. And one monthly winner will win the grand prize of a $500 Mazarese Jewelry gift card. That means... And a bank, if you call in tomorrow, you I could, think we're tricking them a little bit. You could I get think the, normally people say Mahomes. Like if they didn't listen, which hopefully they are, they would naturally say Mahomes. You could, you could get, you could get that sh- that chain you wanted with the Chiefs logo. You've always wanted this this no, the diamond PM. chain. The PM. Oh yeah, there. Is, yeah, there's. You get a jewelry sponsor. I think I that's a different. I think that's a different company. But is yes, it, yeah. yeah, you can go in there and and, and get you some jewelry, but jewelry, Jay. Um, but yes, yeah, you'll so, be probably doing that too at Mansoury's Jewelry, right? A little engagement ring or something. Okay, uh, let's, next? let's get on to the next uh, segment, what we're going to do. Patrick Mahomes spoke to the media after the 40-26 to 26 win in Jacksonville. 
Yeah, it was. I just kind of rolled my ankle. I was kind of got stood up, and uh, I was trying to throw the ball away to Kels and just drop it to him real quick. And they hit me and just kind of rolled under me, but uh, just got it taped up, and it was able to go out and finish the game. How did it feel moving forward? Just did the adrenaline sort of kick in? Did you feel like it hindered you in any way? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, the adrenaline helped out, uh, of course, of just going out there and just playing football. But, uh, I mean, obviously I wasn't as mobile as I usually am, but uh, the, the team helped me out. Step by step up. I was able to get the ball out of my hands, and guys were making plays. Uh, what was it about today's game that allowed Sammy to have a big game? Yeah, I mean, oh, we've seen it all offseason. I mean, Sammy's the way he's, he's prepared his body, the way he's, he's, he's practiced, he really understands the offense at a different level than he did last year. And so whenever he, he got his number called, he, he made plays. I mean, the first play was when he scored whatever yard touchdown that was. It was just a, he was like the third or fourth read, and I was put in his hand. He made someone miss and scored. So, I mean, just, just having a better understanding of the full offense, I think, lets him play faster, and you can see that that offseason is paying off. Did you see something that – Led you to believe that Sammy was going to be up on that play because it looked like he might have had Tyreek even blocked. Yeah, so it was a play where Tyreek obviously was the first read, and I actually was looking to Kels to, to get open, and Kels struck back out, and he took that defender with him. So I just laid it out there for Sammy, and uh, he made a great catch first off, and I mean that's all I was expecting. He kind of made a quick move and showed off the speed. Uh, we were saying he's back to his Clemson days. So you didn't even look like you didn't even see the rest of the play after that. You just kind of looked inside. Well, uh, the. The best thing about about this offense is it seems like if one guy, if we can make one guy miss and the guys get open space, they usually score. So once I saw him make that safety miss and it was just a foot race, I knew that he was going to get there. Yeah, I thought I thought he played really well. I mean, he had some big runs, of course. Uh, he was able to do the pass protection and do that different type of stuff. And you can tell he's a veteran, someone that's been with Coach Reed before. And as he gets more and more accustomed to the offense, uh, I mean, we'll be able to really work that whole running back room. Is there any part of you wondering what this might look like without Tyreek in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, obviously, whenever someone like uh, with Tyreek's ability goes out, I mean, you, you wonder what's going to happen. But the best thing about uh, this team, and you've seen it the last, last few years now, is whenever someone gets their opportunity, they step up and play. And we really pick each other up. And so I was glad the guys stepped up, made plays, if it was running backs, receivers, tight ends, uh, whatever it was. And so, I mean, that's just how we roll is whoever's getting their opportunity to make a play, they make it. When you were going off the field, limping off, getting a little help, did you have any sense that you may or may not be able to come back in the game? What, what were you thinking as you were? Yeah, I mean, when, right when I got over that, I, just, I told the trainers to just tape it up, but they wanted to look at it a little bit. So, I mean, they, I just told them to tape it up, and I'd be fine. And uh, they, they looked at it, of course, gave me the okay, and taped it up, and I was able to get back out there. Is that your first time in the tent since you've been in the yeah, yeah, it's the first time I've ever been in the tent. It was pretty hot in that tent today, I'll tell you what, man. So I was trying to open it back up as soon as possible. Patrick, how big were the two drives in a row? The defense with Damian Wilson at that point, it seemed like the offenses were going back and forth. Damian Wilson gets the fumble, and you guys take a long drive down and get in the end zone. How big was that in the overall switch? I mean, we talked about it in the, the locker room. We need the defense to go out there, get a stop, and us to go down there and score a touchdown. Uh, I mean, NFL, there's always close games, but if you can get a two to three score lead, especially late in the game, you can kind of change your offense into that. We're going to run the timeout, run our offense the right way, and let the defense do their thing. And so for them to get that stop in that situation and then us to, to execute a drive and go score definitely changed the, the aspect of the game. Travis, give you any grief on the, the no-look attempt that, that sailed a little bit? Yeah, I, I owe my dinner or something for that one. That, that was a bad one. Uh, 
Uh, he, he, he ran it, got open. He ran a great route. I, he did what, something that I didn't expect him to do. I thought he was going to kind of wrap it around the guy, and he kind of went over the top and, and uh, definitely tried to do a little bit too much on that play. Is there a sense, Patrick, with what you guys worked on all off season that, that this was going to be the end product? Was there how much confidence did you guys have going into this that despite Jacksonville's talented defense, you were going to put points up? I mean, we always have confidence going into any game, no matter who we're playing. Uh, we knew Jacksonville had a very good defense. They played us really well last year, so we really prepared ourselves to do what we could to have success in the field. And uh, it's always good when you look back at it now, and, and we all that hard work we put in the last few few weeks really paid off. And now it's on to Oakland, and they're going to have a good defense as well. So. We're excited about the opportunity to go out there and play that game. Anything else? The Chiefs will be going up against the Oakland Raiders, presumably without Tyreek Hill. So I think what you hope can happen in, in this next game is that Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey can keep it up. And, and I think if there's any team that you feel comfortable with, it's the Chiefs because of just how deep and how many weapons they have. Yeah, deep in weapons, and that's the thing. that They've accumulated and stockpiled weapons where they're not so one-dimensional on offense where it's not running. Remember when Jamal Charles was 67% of this offense? What, about five, six years ago, 67% of the offense? Way too loaded on one guy, and when you stop him, that can be a big problem. And they spread the ball out, and Mahomes spreads the ball out. I'm looking forward to what he does. I'm looking forward to what he does in this game when he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. We'll see yeah. will Sammy Watkins step up. But again, Sammy Watkins matched his production from last year, nine starts with three touchdowns, getting the three touchdowns today. And again, he's got 31 touchdowns, the 61 starts. Sammy Watkins, no stranger to the end zone. I love his yards after catch. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing with Watkins. And, and again, you just wish that he would stay healthy because if he has two or three yards in front of him, you saw it on that first touchdown. It could turn to 40 or 50. I yep. mean, these were long touchdowns, and a lot of the yardage came after the catch. It's that speed. It's what he can do. I think he's tough, too. I think he plays tough. I think he plays physical at wide receiver. I do. I think he brings some toughness uh, to that position group, and I was very impressed with that. Listen to this uh, This from Chiefs PR. The Chiefs' 40 points in today's season opener gives them 19 consecutive games, scoring 26 or more points, dating back to the 2018 season. The Chiefs are now tied with the Denver Broncos, who scored at least 26 points in 19 consecutive games during the 2012-13 seasons, the longest streak in NFL history. So well, they also uh, death the taxes, Packers. Death taxes and the Chiefs scoring 26 points or more. Well, you, you guarantee that. And also 22 straight games scoring in the first quarter, which match, matches that 0-11 Green Bay Packers team. By the way, Pete, I want to give a shout-out uh, to Arby's that uh, provided the uh, pregame in post-game meals for Delicious. every post-game, pre- and post-game. Arby's was outstanding. And by Ruben the way, guy. and I don't know if you know this, but they will cater your party. So if you're having a party, uh, you can get two-and-a-half-pound party tray roast beef, mm. five-pound party tray, 69 bucks, smoked ham, two-and-a-half pounds, or you can do the five pounds roast beef and ham combo, five-pound party tray. So remember, when you're having your parties to watch uh, Chiefs games or whatnot, give Arby's a call. They will cater this. Also, the pecan chicken salad. They'll do two and a half pounds or five pounds. So Arby's does cater as well. And a big shout out to Arby's providing the pregame and postgame meals for us here. I didn't even know that they made Rubens. I looked online. I ordered it. And it was delicious today. It was a, it was a delicious Arby's Rubens sandwich. Kid and I went with that uh, double roast beef. I'm not sure what Nick went with. I think he went roast beef as well. I got that uh, smokehouse brisket sandwich. Oh, did you? The oh, brisket. Can, can, uh, can, can on the email chain, you ordered your sandwich. And then what Kent did was... He called it. He wants the Binkley. Mm-hmm. So you've now you've now kind of had yep. your own personal order. Thanks to Arby's uh, and Cass from Arby's. Um, 
Patrick Mahomes, could he look any better given the fact that he had an injury today? I'd say no, right? No, he, he couldn't, and he's going to be fine. And, you know, just to be able to laugh off missing a touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey, you know, it's kind of like ho-hum. Like before that, but again, he's so good at what he does. We, we don't care. We don't care that he tried to don't look it, got a little fancy, could have hit Travis Kelsey oh, yeah. for the I touchdown. Went, I, but it didn't matter. It only would have made him look better. I mean, it would have given him near 400 yards in four touchdowns. I try my with best. That. But again, we take it for granted just how good he is. And yeah, we laugh it off when he misses a touchdown pass because it didn't end up mattering. I try my best uh, to call it down the middle, you know, on Twitter. Yeah, so that way, when I do compliment your player or say that they're going to go 16-0, you can actually believe me because I am willing to say negative things. I said Patrick Mahomes missed uh, Travis Kelsey ends in a day, and then a nice fan tweeted me, hey, shut up. So uh, <laughs> took one to the face. We can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. But here's the thing. We have, in my, in my opinion, the quarterback is the most important position in professional sports. It just is. And we're lucky there's not one quarterback I would take in this league over Patrick Mahomes. We're just lucky. I, mean, I think sometimes we have to pinch ourselves how lucky we are to have a franchise quarterback with this organization. I, we always feel like you have a chance because of him. It, it's 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 so different. This is why we're talking Super Bowl. The Chiefs have had good teams. Right. And maybe when Montana was here, we had this, you know, he did take us to the AFC title game like Mahomes did. But seeing Mahomes right. do this and, and break the curse against the Colts in the playoffs and, you know, win MVP – We've got so much trust in the what he can do. It's it, sometimes you have to pinch yourself that we're this lucky to have a franchise quarterback. The Airhead Pride post game show is presented by Seven Street Casino, where it's at. And if you want to get involved, I've got another couple of minutes here 913 576 7610 or get at us on the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line 69306. When we come back, our final thoughts on the Chiefs' 40 to 26 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's next. The Arrowhead Ride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. You staying 16 and 0, Pete? Yeah, I mean, of course. I, I got to stick. I got to stick with it. I predicted 42 to 21, came out to 40 to 26, so I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, may have to go get me and myself a six pack as a reward, or maybe a couple chicken wings. Who knows? I don't know goes. how much you're rewarding yourself considering the Survivor League. You and I both went Seahawks with it. We'll see how this. I, I don't think. I still think, and I understand they're losing right now. I still think there's no chance the Bengals pull out that win, but it remains to be seen. Let's go back out to the phone lines. D and Lee Summit. What's up, D? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, nah, man, I wanted to talk about Shady, man. Uh, yeah. I think I I feel like he should be our number one running back. I mean, I know his first game of the year. It's kind of early to say that, but, uh, I mean, he looks good, man. I mean, it, Damian Williams is cool, but I just feel like he's a solid number two. <laughs> I would couldn't put all my trust into him. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like Shady still has it, man. Th- at 31, playing with Andy, I feel like he's going to get the best out of him. And uh, as soon as he gets the playbook down, you know what I mean, the protections and all that. I feel like Shady's going to be our guy, man. I know they played together before, uh, Andy Reid and LaShawn McCoy, but just so much has changed in the game of football, even defensively, you know, how Andy Reid, you know, looks at defenses and the way they call him. We see more and more of the nickel packages right. when Shady first got in here. But he could lead this team in carries. I don't know. He's much more productive as a carrier on the ground than Damian Williams was. But don't forget how good a receiver 
Shady is as well. What, over 400 catches, almost 500 catches in his career in the NFL, a guy that averages around seven yards per reception. I mean, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He gives you a little bit of everything. And I, I think the Chiefs' ground game is in good hands with Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Because yeah, LaShawn I, McCoy, I, don't sleep on this guy. I mean, we're talking about a guy that once caught 64 catches in the NFL, or 52, excuse me, he had 64 targets. When he had 78 receptions back with Andy Reid, in uh, 78 for 592 back in 2010 with Andy Reid. When he's with Andy Reid, 55 catches or uh, 40 catches, 78, 48 with Andy Reid, then 54 catches with Andy Reid when he was with him in Philadelphia. Yeah, and, and I look at the two running backs, and, and listen, I realize I'm not an NFL scout, but here's just what I see. Like LaShawn McCoy's vision you could tell it's just another level than most running backs. I, I think that's what separates him. Well, he says, and he's talking about, you know, his diet and the way he eats, the way he treats his body now. He's playing smarter football, you know? It, it's using the vision. You know, Marcus Allen used to be the king of that at his age, just the way that he would get tackled, the way he'd turn his body sideways and not take the direct hits. But he played smart football with, with the use of his body and his vision. And I think you see a little bit out of Sean McCoy. Yeah, but and and even without Tyree Kill in the next few weeks because he's going to be out, I think the speed of the Chiefs, even without Hill for a few weeks, will just open things up for him in the backfield. And you look at the statistics today, 13 carries for Damian Williams for 26 yards and a touchdown, 10 carries for Shady for 81 yards. This is a guy who's not been here. talking about a two-point average and an 8.1 average between them. He hasn't been here all of training camp. You know, he missed the preseason with the Chiefs. He didn't have that edge. He comes in. He probably knew what Ian Rappaport reported on the pregame, 15 or 20 plays. So that's what he kind of probably learned. And then 10 carries for 81 yards. Like, to me, I understand he's 31, but it just feels like if you just look at the numbers that maybe he should be starting and should get more opportunities. And he probably will as we uh, progress. And don't forget that Deion Yelder, inactive today. Again, he's been dealing with that injury. We did, we talked a lot about the second tight end, you know, in training camp who's right. going to be that. We saw some Blake Bell. I think the biggest surprise, too, is Reggie Ragland inactive today. Huge. And again, we're talking about a guy that was great in the 3-4 system in Alabama, drafted to be in a 3-4 system in Buffalo. Rex Ryan gets fired. They switch to a 4-3. The Chiefs take him, implement in the 3-4. How is he going to adjust to 4-3? We heard Mike linebacker to Will linebacker to Sam. He could move all over the place. But again, Ragland is one of the guys getting a lot of attention. Friday at training camp, a lot of you know he was the one holding press conferences. He yeah, press and, and people he, were talking to him and asking even him questions, a, and he was inactive today. He even had a media circle on Friday. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. I about. have to think that this was news to him. I don't. I don't think he walked in the day thinking that he was going to be inactive, or um, maybe the coaching staff grabbed him on Friday to let him know. I mean, they usually come up with their 46 ro- man rosters pretty early. But you just wonder how he fits here. And if he does have value, we were talking on the pregame show, if he does have value, what do you get back from him? I mean, what's the ceiling there? Probably a sixth rounder, maybe? Maybe, if that. Uh, again, I just don't know if he fits in and what, what Spagnola wants to do. I just don't know if he has those traits. And D4 didn't fit into what they wanted to do. That's a big reason why he's not here at this point. Reggie Ragland being an active was a surprise to me. I understand the depth that they need. But they have Ben Neiman, Darren Lee. I mean, they're, they're starting two linebackers more than their nickel coverage. Heck, their depth chart came out with just two linebackers instead of three. So, again, we think the Chiefs are in a 4-3. They, they're giving a bunch of different looks defensively what they're doing. Yeah. It's and, not the standard 4-3 that you're used to. It's much, much different. Well, I mean, you saw in their unofficial depth chart it included three cornerbacks. Yeah. I mean, 
And that's what they've been saying since the beginning. Everyone made a huge deal, and I think it, it was deserved because the Chiefs moved on from Bob Sutton, but everyone made a huge deal. Okay, you're going from the 3-4 to the 4-3. And Spags, since he got there, was like, we'll be in some packages more. It's not really a big switch. And, yeah, and you saw in the preseason, moving Tano from defensive end to defensive tackle, he'd be in there with right. Frank Clark in a certain situation. He had double pass rush, hoping to get the best out of Tano that you had before. Not only that, they have guys that raise their hands, and you have ball swatters. Again, Emmanuel Ogba actually has more balls swatted by one than uh, Chris Jones. And we always think of Chris Jones with the arms up in the reach. But again, you're talking about the 32nd pick in the draft. It was considered a second rounder because of the Patriots had a four foot or four foot their uh, first round pick because of the flake gate. Yeah. So he's picked 32nd. So they um, got that fifth year, you know, he's eligible for the fifth year option. But the one thing about it, um, about Ogba is they, they fit the scheme, the, the size, the length, what they're, what Spags is looking for defensively, and hopefully against the run. And I know we can look at it and say 81 yards rushing for the Jags. It should concern you, though, that 5.1 per was the Jaguars' average. And they had to throw the ball a lot with Minshew to get back into the game. Yeah, and I think but that's eventually, once this defense kind of gets it together, I think that's where the Chiefs are going to win. And one thing I do want to mention, which we haven't discussed in the show yet, Damian Wilson forcing a fumble. I mean, I watched him all of training camp ripping the ball every play out of his teammates, the Chiefs, because, you know, they go offense versus defense, trying to rip it out of their hand. Like, this is something he practices on the regular. And turnovers, we know, can really, really help your it, team, especially when you Badger's have Mahomes. The trying that, too, with Wilson. I agree with yeah. you. I think they have a couple ball hawks on the team. Damien Wilson Thornhill. is a guy that did – Thornhill's another one. But Honey Badger, too, he's always trying to get in there, knock the ball loose. We do have a caller with some defensive concerns. Let's go to Jonah and KCK. Hey, guys, I thought the defense actually looked a lot faster and they came to the ball a lot quicker um, than I'd seen in previous years. I just thought that the secondary looked a little, I don't know, they weren't quite as sticky. I don't know. On the receivers that you'd want. You're you're talking about the cornerbacks? Yeah, the cornerbacks especially. The, The safeties were on top of their on top of their game, it was just the cornerbacks that seemed like every third. Oh, I think this. I think the Chiefs' whatever. offense does bail out this defense. And again, you know they looked okay defensively, but again they gave up five yards of carry. Pete, but they let Gardner Minshew come in and go twenty-two of twenty-five against them, and he felt comfortable in the pocket. So we can look at the defense. The defense has warts, man. It does. It's just not all gelling together. Well, the cornerbacks yet. is the obvious deficiency. Of course. Right? We know that. But again, right? when you have Patrick Mahomes on that offense, and that high-powered, high-octane offense, it's bailing the defense out. It is shifting around. I guarantee you the Jaguars won to dumb this game down. They won the close game. They won the dogfight. They won to be able to run the ball with Fournette, keep the Chiefs, win that time of possession. Time of possession was actually pretty much split between the Jags and the Chiefs, but yet the Chiefs put up 40 points, left points off the board. But this offense does bail out this defense. But, again, there is some concerns if you want to break it down, and I'm sure they're going to look at Gardner Minshew. He felt well, way too comfortable in that pocket for, for a rookie getting his first action. We're talking about a sixth-round pick last year from Washington State. Very good, by the way, at Washington State. But, again, he went like four colleges until he finally found a fit in Mike Leach's system. But everybody does well at Washington State. So it's, it's difficult to kind of separate that. A little bit undersized. But, again, five yards of carry. The Chiefs have got to start applying more pressure. They just have to because you're going to face much better quarterbacks than Gardner Minshew. And again, the Jags threw for 347 when you combine Foles with Minshew. I think the way to beat the Chiefs is is to just have a capable quarterback. And again, if unless a you good have, running game, unless you have the yeah, but unless you have the skill positions like the Patriots, and it's going to be tough for other teams to have that. 
they have to have the good running game, which is why, like for me, next week's the Raiders. I'm interested in seeing how they use Josh Jacobs on Monday night against the Broncos. You know, that's gonna that's the double header on Monday night because Jacobs is gonna have to be a real legit player in the rookie. Um, right out of the gate, if they're going to even have a chance to beat the Chiefs, hard to even know he existed with Hard Knocks. Dude, he didn't really spotlight. He did, he hid from the cameras. I know. I know. He didn't want to. He didn't want to be uh, on the camera and all that. Yeah. I feel like if they were doing a Hard Knocks about six ten sports radio, you would you would do the same thing. You would try to hide from the cameras. Of course. You wouldn't want to be. You wouldn't want to be nope, seen. Nope, nope. What's your biggest key now, headed into the Raiders game? Besides. What I think is the elephant in the room replacing Tyree Kill. What what do you want to see next week a little bit different? Well, I think that's big, you know. Can you have the same success you had with Albert Wilson? You know, taking right. him to a different level and Patrick Mahomes taking the guys to the next level. Can Sammy Watkins step up now, being the guy? Because he has benefited. Well, I mean, he made a great statement today at the start. No, he did. He did. But he but you know what? He's been the beneficiary of having Tyree Kill on the field at the same time. What's he gonna do as a Mark Man? Travis Kelsey. And and Sammy Watkins as the mark man. I would like to see more progress from the defense, and definitely want to see a better pass rush than what we saw today. Quarterbacks can't get comfortable when you allow the quarterbacks to get comfortable. That's what hurts the Chiefs and the defense. And I felt Gardner Minshew was, despite the sack by Ogba, got way too comfortable in that game. Yeah, that it, it just when Nick Foles went out, right? It should have felt he off. It should have felt a little bit more dominant, and it and it didn't at all. You're dealing with a backup quarterback in a third string left tackle that actually was a guard making his first start at tackle that uh, will Richardson that should be a concern yeah and not a concern but just something you got to improve on again they win by 14 points on the road very impressive but again it's how you're looking at the Chiefs you look at the Chiefs just get to the playoffs no we're looking at this as a Super Bowl team of course there's going to be some more while we're on the running game and we we just kind of talked about a little bit but I will say I, I I tend to think based upon Shady's usage today I mean they did what they could with him I think he might end up getting getting the bulk of the carries and moving forward. I think he leads this team in carries. Me too, and touches for sure. I think Damien Williams because it's a, there's a might passing be, might lead him in receptions from the running back position. You think so? It's clearly the direction. Even though Shady, we know it, and not only that, but I was really impressed with the way he blocked. That's one way to stay on the field. Is well, blocking you, you just like have Shady more, McCoy did. You have more variables, right? So you know, breaking it down, if you end up using Damien and more in the passing game, and you, you use Lashawn McCoy more as in the run game. Then, then teams start to get used to that, yeah, and then Andy Reid can flip the switch. Yep. Then Andy Reid can that that, and, and the more variables. Oh, here's McCoy. I said this run. about Reid. There's Williams. The more throw. the more yeah. variables that you have for that beautiful mind of offense and Andy Reid, the better. And I think the better the team's going to be. I think Damian Williams and Sean McCoy play a lot of the similar football as far as you know with their hands yeah. in the way they can run the ball. Though today wasn't a very impressive day by Damian Williams running the football. No, Shady was much better. They needed him today. 81 yards. He kept the ball moving. The chain's going 8.1 yards per carry. You think we potentially see, with some of the pressures on the tape, Cam Irving maybe next week instead of Andrew Wiley, just because the interior was a little rough. It was a little rough in the grand scheme of things. When you look at six, Mahomes was getting hit. Now, if you just look at the stat book yeah. and you think, how many times was he sacked? Well, he wasn't sacked in this game. You'd say, well, okay. They kept a clean pocket. They didn't do it. If you watch the film, watch the tape, there was a lot of breakdowns, and Mahomes was getting hit. Even after he threw, he was getting drilled, which is something you don't want. You have to carry that protection through the end. So you'll look at the no sacks. But again, how many times is he getting hit? Again, it's not the sacks you get, it's the pressure. It's like the Patriots last year. What, 30th in sacks, but 6th in pressure. It's the pressure that you put on. So you'd like to see more of that. Yeah, and and again, just some life. 
from the defense. But it's a 40-26 to 26 final uh, in Jacksonville. Patrick Mahomes, 25 of 33, 378 yards and three touchdowns, 143.2 pass rating. Uh, Sammy Watkins, nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns. That'll wrap it up for the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Special thanks to Reggie Butch, Dan, Stephen, Big TD, Aaron Borgman, Arby's for their delicious meat, Andy Reid, Sammy Watkins, Patrick Mahomes, Nick Price, Jay Binkley. Uh, my name is Pete Sweeney. You can catch all of our stuff at arrowheadpride.com, the Chiefs coverage you need. Again, it's a 40-26 to 26 victory. Your Kansas City Chiefs taking home the first game of the season, and now they turn the page to the Oakland Raiders. They'll do it without Tyreek Hill. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Have a good night.